the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. I didn't commit to it, but I had a momentary thought. Yeah, yeah you were looking be, for a new co-host? No, so no, that I'd be, be one of those guys <laughs> who'd put on a pair of shorts today. Oh, I uh-huh. can't, you know I hate those guys. Listen, uh, me too. I, 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 hate I agree. Those guys. But it, I had a momentary thought. I thought, I could pull my shorts on today. It's so nice outside. <laughs> I could wear a pair of shorts. Right, those are the guys that are walking, like parking a long way away from the door, Giant Eagle, and like sauntering in like it's no big deal. But they're well, actually freezing, but they're, you know, trying to look really The difference cool is it. they're doing that when it's when it's nine degrees outside. It's a very nice day here in Western Pennsylvania, is it yeah, not? Yeah, still, it's not shorts. It's not shorts. But they're still, I still don't. Kind I, of in know. a way. I mean, do you, oh, I, I, always, I always kind of like have a pair of shorts in reserve. Do you do that? I do that. When I put my like winter stuff away, I always have a few t-shirts, short sleeve t-shirts and a pair of shorts just in case. Uh, I never use short, them. My shorts are, are in, uh, in a dress or easy access. All mm-hmm. right. Anyway, it's a very beautiful day. So thanks sure for coming is. along today for the Wednesday edition. Uh, as we uh, get underway with the show, it's a busy, busy world. And Kath, please bring us up to date won't you, with the news stories of the day, the top four at four. Yes, indeedy. For Wednesday, March 10th, 2021. Number one, Congress approved a sweeping $1.9 trillion, I say trillion dollar coronavirus relief package today, authorizing all kinds of new federal spending and a temporary yet dramatic increase in anti-poverty programs to ostensibly help millions of families still struggling amid the pandemic. According to the Washington Post, the bill, dubbed the American Rescue Plan, authorizes another round of stimulus payments up to $1,400 for most Americans, extends additional enhanced unemployment aid to millions still out of a job, and makes major changes to the tax code to benefit families with children. Number two, the TRIB is reporting that Pennsylvania surpassed 1 million residents fully vaccinated today, according to the state's Department of Health. The state figures do not include Philadelphia County because they're outliers. I mean, I think we all know it. Anyway, they're handling their own vaccine distribution program. Uh, Philadelphia does say that they've administered about 124,000 second doses and about 300,000 first ones. Allegheny County has the second most fully vaccinated people in the state at 97,000 with 146,000 partially vaccinated. Four other counties in the region have more than 10,000 people fully vaccinated. That includes Westmoreland, Butler, Washington, and Fayette. So things are looking up. Number three, the Senate confirmed Merrick Garland as President Biden's attorney general. Mr. Garland, age 68, was confirmed in a 70-30 vote with both Dems and Republicans hailing him as a uniquely equipped man to to restore morale, stability, and institutional integrity to a Justice Department roiled by political storms during the Trump administration. 
The Washington or no, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that 20 Republicans joined all 50 Senate Democrats in confirming Mr. Garland. Now, listen, one of them was Mitch McConnell. You might remember that he was majority leader um, under President Barack Obama, and he blocked Mr. Garland's nomination to the Supreme Court. Uh, Mr. McConnell said this today, quote, I am voting today to confirm Judge Garland because of his long reputation as a straight shooter and a legal expert. His left of center perspective has been within the legal mainstream. And number four, Tristan Jari made 33 saves. What? It was awesome to help the Pens defeat the New York Rangers 4-2 at the paint last night in what was possibly the Pens' strongest performance of the season. Sid had a goal and an assist. Kasperi Kapanen scored in a second straight game for the Pens, who have won three in a row in eight of the past 11 games. Now listen to me when I tell you that Tristan Jari stood on his head a handful of times in the third and was really spectacular. While the Rangers outshot the Pens, get ready for it in the third, 15 to 1. The Pens record stands at 15, 9, and 1. And that, my friends, is your top four at four. Very nice. Very good. Yeah, I mean, you know, in the, the midwinter, you know, and as we're headed into the spring, it's the only game in town. If you're not a, a hockey fan, what do you watch it, right? Uh, you're not watching pit football or pit basketball anymore. I was a pit basketball fan, and then everything came crashing down yesterday. I mean, things well, have come crashing down for a lot of the season, so I guess it's It sort of two go hand in hand, right? To be a pit football fan or a pit basketball fan, you kind of have to expect the roof to cave Listen, in. Listen. You know John, it. It's true. I know. It's the truth. I know, but I expect more out of pit basketball than pit football. I, I think well, because of the, the the jaded nature of the last multiple decades of my life. And it hasn't with been them. great for a while, you know. Anyway, it's okay. Let's focus on the pens, John. Okay, yeah. I feel good about it. A little, a little yeah. What's going on with you? Anything else? Uh, not a whole lot. I was just over in the East End today. It was kind of nice. I haven't mm-hmm. been over there in a while. Driving around, I stopped in a couple places um, to use a public restroom. And of course, you can't do that anywhere. Yeah. I stopped in a couple of restaurants, that sort of thing. You know, I. What, you asked to use a public restroom? Well, I was not going to ask. I was just going to use it. Just walk in. And what happened? There's, they're, they're closed. What do you mean they're closed? The restrooms are closed. Did you go to Kogo's or someplace like that? Well, this is getting kind of personal now. No, I mean, what do you mean? Like, is there a sign? All COVID bathrooms are closed. I, no, I, I went to, to first of all, I went to a little like a mini mart type of thing at a gas station. They yeah. did not have a restroom, which I thought was like really unhelpful. Then I went to Wendy's and Wendy's is not even open. They're drive through only. So there was no. Right, right, right. Then I went to Subway and they were open, but the bathrooms were closed. They had like, yeah. you know, chairs in front of the for entrance. Sure. So there's yeah. no restrooms. And finally, I thought, well, for crying out loud, I'm just going to drive home. <laughs> Yeah. Hold on. I'm coming home. Greek right? people. Yeah. I mean, I, d- yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The, the art of searching for a good, clean public restroom is exactly that. I art. would have taken a good, unclean public really? restroom Ooh. at that point. I really would have. Yeah. Huh. But I couldn't. So I just drove home and said, it could be a ministry. Could it be a ministry? What I'm going to, I'm going to drive around. I'm going to do like a pop-up bathroom. It could be a ministry. A church would go, you know, welcome, come into our clean facilities, right? We are here for your neighborhood community bathroom needs. I bet any local church that hears that is willing to have you, John Hall, in charge of that outreach project. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm just creating more jobs for the yeah. staff at local churches. You, it's like, when, Mike, it's like when John talks about recipes and he's like, oh, that's a, that's a sense that's to easy. make. Yeah. And then. Yeah. Is there, are you making it? He goes, well, no, of course not. I don't cook. I mean, okay. what, seriously, if you were in desperate need, would you not walk into a church and say, please, may I use your facilities? 
Of course I would. I mean, listen, I was walking into Coco's and Wendy's and Subway and everything else. Of course I'd walk into a church. I mean, but there weren't any churches in the area that I, I mean, I don't know. Wait a minute though. Back it up. You wouldn't do that? Would I just walk into a church and ask to use their bathroom? Yes, of course. If I was sick, I would. Not if I was, you know. I think it's a safe place. It should be the safest place to go to the bathroom. Well, I'm not saying it's not safe. I'm just saying I feel kind of badly like. Why? Mike, would you go into just a random church and say, hey, can I use your bathroom? Hey, if I'm I, sure that if I had to go that bad, I'd probably go to somebody's somebody's house. Just pull up, knock on the door. Oh, could you imagine that? Oh, like, well, I, am oh, li- I am like working with Philistines. For Wait, there's someone loud, knocking guys. on your door and say, please, may I use your facilities? I don't think so. Hey, you, you got to go. It's dangerous go, out man. there. I don't know. It's it's an angry, dangerous place. That's the last thing you might want to do is asking someone to use their facilities in their home. The church is a whole other matter. I'm saying there's a ministry opportunity here. That's get, all. Get out of here. It's not a. I don't think it it's is. a ministry opportunity. Everything's a ministry opportunity, especially when people are in great need. Oh my gosh! All of a sudden, you're like all of life redeemed here. You're like <laughs> the living version. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, let's take a quick break. We're going to talk about movies next. Uh, Alyssa Wilkinson. Minari. Yeah, she joins us from Vox, where she's a film critic. That's Alyssa Wilkinson. We're going to talk about Minari. And what's the other one we're talking about? Nomadland. Oh, Nomadland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Stick around for that. It's the right on with John and Kathy. 101.5 WORD. Your station for leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. There can be no freedom from sin and guilt apart from Jesus, who is the truth. There can be no freedom from fear and anxiety and worry apart from Jesus, who is the truth. There can be no freedom from hatred and bitterness and anger apart from Jesus, who is the truth. Make sure to tune in this week to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Tomorrow morning at 630 on 101.5 WORD. Some home repairs simply can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, or composite. To show their appreciation to word listeners, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this station. Get 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off, backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight. And suddenly you're tens of thousands in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings, and you think Obamacare will help you sort it out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. This is Kathy Emmons, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO instantaneously, savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50, no funding for abortion, and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client recently in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction, the hospital billed him over $56,000. Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and put $7,000 
$1,000 in his pocket. There's no other plan like it anywhere, and you can get it now. Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Well, among the signs that things are getting back to some focus of normalcy is that movie theaters are opening up. Like regular movie theaters where you go, buy a ticket, have some popcorn, buy a Coke, and sit down and enjoy a big screen feature. Movie theaters are opening here in Pittsburgh and in New York City. There's some great films that are out. And Alyssa Wilkinson joins us on a regular basis. Alyssa is a film critic at Vox. Her work has appeared in Rolling Stone, The Washington Post, Vulture, RogerEbert.com. Here to talk to us about what's new and really good in theaters. Hey, Alyssa. How you doing? Hi, uh, hi guys. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so have you? Are there movie theaters around you uh, that are opening up, Alyssa? Yeah, they just started opening last weekend. Um, I don't expect to be in one for a bit more, but they they've started opening at very reduced capacity, and it's almost a year to the day since they closed down. So there's How a lot of people that? who are who are pleased to see some movement um, finally, hopefully in the right direction. Yeah. Okay. So as a critic, you don't necessarily have to go to the theaters, Melissa, right? You get the screeners, which are basically DVDs of the films. Is that true? Yeah. In in normal times, I do see them in the theaters. That's how they normally show them to us. Um, but during the pandemic, they've had to switch over to usually sending us a link. Um, okay, or there are sure. all these like fancy apps with extra authentication that we have on our on our Apple TVs where we can watch things. But um, you know, it's easier for them to make sure that the link or the digital copy doesn't get into the wrong hands uh, if they show it to us in a the theater. Plus, that's the way you want to see a movie. Yeah, sure. Okay, well, so b- before we talk about specific movies, I want to ask you how it's different. I mean, you know, I don't see a whole lot of movies. John loves films, always has. But for you, since it's your since it's your job. What's it been like for a year not being in the theater and how is it different? It's really different in ways I think I wasn't expecting. So, of course, I've watched movies on my laptop before or on my TV. And often when it's film festival season, you'll get some, you know, an advanced look at something. So they'd send it early, um, even if it wasn't the normal way. But what I think I've noticed over the last year is that the the thing that movie theaters do even better than putting you in front of a big screen is create more of a distraction-free environment. So I know not every theater is distraction-free and sometimes people are kind of rude in them, but, you know, a good theater usually tries to make sure that, you know, they're, they're making rules and sticking to them about not talking or not being people being on their phone or whatever. And my living room is very nice and I like my couch and I like my television, but it's still hard to ignore, you know, my phone is buzzing or it's light Mm -hmm. out or somebody rings the doorbell or whatever. So I think that's like distraction free environment is hard to come by at home. And it really does make a huge difference to the way that we watch movies as I'm, as I'm discovering. (laughs) So thank goodness for streaming services, right? I mean, technology Mm -hmm. has rescued a lot of us. So whether it's Amazon prime or Netflix or Hulu or what, I mean, there's probably 10 or 15 different services that are out there right now. 
So let's talk about a couple of films that, uh, that are out there recently that are streaming, uh, whether you're on the services or just paying for them individually. Um, I, I saw a film, and I know you saw it as well, Alyssa, a, a film called Nomad Land, Nomadland. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's a beautiful film. Tell our audience about Nomadland. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. So I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this movie will get a Best Picture nomination um, at the Oscars, which those, those are coming out on Monday. So it's well worth seeing. It's, it's kind of loosely based on a nonfiction book about, um, you know, kind of people of retirement age and older who uh, have found themselves without a safety net. Maybe they don't have sufficient retirement to live on or, you know, something happens and they just don't have a comfortable retirement. And so they're kind of forced to pick up work as uh, laborers, you know, for, for seasonal work, a beet harvest or working for Amazon during the holidays or something like that. And so there's a whole community of people who have found themselves in this place and um, have taken to living in RVs or in vans and kind of traveling like nomads, um, you know, across the country to do this work. So, uh, so that book came out a few years ago and now uh, there's a movie where Frances McDormand stars as one of these women, a woman named Fern, whose you know husband died. She works her whole life, but her social security isn't enough to live on, and so she she has to move on. And um, she finds this community. And a really special and interesting thing about the film is that almost everyone else in the film is actually someone who who lives this life. They're playing themselves, um, and so she she finds this community of people while also kind of coming to terms with the death of her husband and all of that sounds kind of depressing, but it's a really beautiful film. I think it captures the American West really well, gorgeous sunsets. Uh, The director of it, Chloe Zhao made a film called the rider a few years ago. That was really good. And then she's also the director of the upcoming Marvel film, the eternal. So she's a busy woman right now. Um, But I really, really recommend the film and it, yeah, it's streaming on Hulu. If you can see it in a theater and you feel comfortable doing that, that's also a great way to see it because it's, it's pretty gorgeous to look at. Yeah. It really is. I mean, it's a beautiful film, and it's one of those films that I think, you know, if you enjoy the first experience, you want to go back and see it again and maybe again mm-hmm. because there's so many layers into it mm-hmm. and so many things that you might have missed or just, you know, is lightly touched upon. You want to really uncover it. And, of course, Frances McDormand and the director uh, working together. And, you know, really what you, what you said about um, – you know, the non-actors, that's also mm-hmm. a beautiful thing as well. I mean, there is something that's a kind of a special spark about it, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And I think um, I've, I've gotten a lot of emails uh, from people who are older um, who saw the film and it really resonated with them, maybe for their experiences or experiences of their friends or whatever. It, it kind of captures a slice of life and it also just captures you know, something that really is true and happening um, in this country in a way that isn't about politics so much as telling real human stories and thinking about things like getting older, about losing people, about finding community and friends, and all of those things all kind of tied up in one. So it's really, it's a great film, and I hope people get a chance to see it. Um, Francis McDormand is, of course, fantastic. Nomad Land. Okay, Alyssa Wilkinson is with us. We're talking about movies that are currently out right now. Um, Alyssa, we had a friend of ours who's a pastor in San Francisco join us to talk about a film, uh, a Korean film that also is getting some buzz. Tell us about this film. 
Yeah, so it's so it's actually an American film. I think it's actually worth saying that because um, it got pushed into the foreign language category at the Golden Globes because a lot of it is in the Korean language. But it's a uh, it's a story of a family that has you know immigrated from Korea in the 1980s to the Ozarks, and so now they're they're Korean Americans. The kids are born in the U.S. and they're trying to you know kind of find their way there. Um, the director and writer, Lee Isaac Chung, um, it, it's based loosely on his own memory of being a small boy uh, growing up in the Ozarks, uh, you know, with parents who had come from Korea before he was born. And so they, they start a farm, kind of. They're trying to grow Korean vegetables while also working at a place where, um, you know, baby chicks are separated according to sex. And so um, so there's this sort of element of like working, you know, the day job and then also trying to grow something on the side. But it's all kind of told through the eyes of this little boy who has a heart condition and, and kind of doesn't he, he's moving a little slower around the world and he sticks close to home and he has an older sister and he's sort of watching as life unfolds for his parents. Mm. Um, the film is called Minari, uh, which is the name of a vegetable that is growing in the film. Um, it's really, really wonderful. I I actually first kind of became aware of the film in existence because the director um, was a teacher at the Glenn Workshop, which is a Christian arts workshop that I, I teach at sometimes in New Mexico um, a few years ago. And he brought the screenplay and um, and everyone kind of read it aloud and worked on it with him. So it's really exciting wow. to see it on wow. the big screen. And it premiered at Sundance uh, over a year ago. And it just sort of has been rolling out very, very slowly. So it finally made it to digital platforms uh, about a week and a half ago. And you can go to Amazon or iTunes or YouTube or any of those places and um, pay to rent it. And it's really, really worth it. It's, it's just a completely wonderful film. Well, so John mentioned that a friend of ours had had talked to us about the film. He himself is Korean American. And, Mm -hmm. you know, without putting words in his mouth, he basically said to us, you know, if you want to understand me, watch this Mm -hmm. movie. So I I think, yeah. So he said it's emblematic of a lot of a lot of the stories of of Korean Americans. Yeah. And I've heard from a lot of friends whose um, parents were immigrants or, you know, from anywhere who say it really captures. So it's, you know, it's not the kind of film where it's fish out of water and it emphasizes how weird they feel. It's not like that at all. It's just this larger and more interesting story. And I think for people who maybe like the films of Terrence Malick or those kinds of directors, it also has some resonance. It it captures those same kind of um, vistas and, you know, the sunshine on Mm -hmm. the grass and, um, the feeling of walking along the road at, at sunset and all of these things. But it, at its heart, it's just a family drama that's really tremendous. I, I definitely yeah, recommend it. We're talking movies with film critic Alyssa Wilkinson. You can find Alyssa easily online, whether it's Twitter. Of course, uh, you know, do a quick Google search. You'll find her, her work and her writings. Alyssa, just a few minutes left, but uh, you made reference coming in. It's been, a, you know, of course, COVID weird season, and it's affected Hollywood. It's also affected the Oscars. But uh, mm-hmm. they're being released. The nominations are being released next week. Well, what are you mm-hmm. looking forward to? Well, so Monday morning, the nominations will come out and then the actual ceremonies at the end of April. So I guess we'll see. There's, you know, some of what's interesting about this year is that normally everyone kind of knows like the big films that are going to be nominated. But this year feels a little more up in the air because a lot of movies got 
shoved out of last year mm. and rescheduled um, so that they could play in theaters where they'll make more money, which means that there are smaller films like Minari, for instance, that might be, you know, might be able to eke out a win in some categories where normally they'd get shoved out by movies with bigger stars or more marketing budget behind it. So I'm pretty excited for that. But I think we'll see movies like Nomadland. We'll see, you know, The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is on Netflix. We'll probably see, um, you know, we'll see Minari. We might see a movie like Judas and the Black Messiah, which is on HBO Max about the Black Panthers. That one looks like it might be a big one. Um, You know, there's just all these different movies. But there's a lot of wild cards this year in a way that there isn't typically. And uh, normally the Oscars for someone like me who covers this for a living are kind of boring, um, except when something like Parasite manages to pull off a surprise win. Um, But, you know, or when they, or when they announce the wrong winner at the awards. Yeah. That's always a good time. (laughs) I don't love staying up all night to rewrite all my Oscar coverage. Sometimes you got to do it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think people will, will be interested to see what happens this year and and maybe people will get some ideas for movies they missed from from watching this year's oscars yeah all right well we kind of look forward to it i mean the oscars are such a weird like little <laughs> subculture are. of oddness but you know it's it's something good to talk about and uh yep. always you know you, you can watch it to see what disasters are going to befall the people it's really mean i think but anyway <laughs> yeah. it's who we are that's Alyssa wilkinson she's film critic at vox.com author of how to survive the apocalypse zombie cylons faith and politics at the end of the world thanks Alyssa. thanks The following is a paid announcement. The advertiser was paid a marketing fee for a digital campaign. Please make sure to review our disclaimer on our report page. The new year is here, and the time is now to capitalize on the EV stocks boom in the U.S. markets. Text the word TRADE to 48542. Here's a great opportunity that we've uncovered in the electronic vehicle space, and it's a great time to explore the massive profit potential of the EV sector with your free subscription to Energy Market Today. When you text the word TRADE to 48542, the world is scrambling for sufficient nickel and and lithium supply for the EV industry. We've identified a company that could be well-positioned as the EV market drives demand for these materials. According to analysts, total EV sales are expected to grow from approximately 2.5 million units in 2020 to around 11.2 million units in 2025, then reach about 31.1 million vehicles sold worldwide by 2030. Get your free subscription to Energy Market today when you text the word TRADE to 48542. Text the word TRADE to 48542. Maybe you've heard about many share and you know what it is it's the affordable alternative to health insurance but you've wondered can i really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills and the answer is an emphatic yes you can you can save a lot of money whether it's just for you or for an entire family metashare has an option for you in fact the typical family saves 500 dollars a month switching to metashare and it really is the gold standard when it comes to health care sharing you get free telehealth services you get a huge network of doctors You get great customer support, and you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is 
Very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Save up to $300 on top-rated brands like Sealy and Sleepy's at Mattress Firm right now. And you can get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 or more to elevate your sleep every night. Save big. Sleep better. Shop the semi-annual sale now. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. Tonight will be cloudy and mild with a low of 55. Tomorrow, cloudy, breezy, warm, a passing shower in the afternoon, the high 67. Tomorrow night, considerable cloudiness and mild with brief showers in the evening, followed by occasional rain and drizzle late, the low 47. Friday, we'll see clouds breaking for some sunshine. It will be mild with a high of 58. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. have a teenager in your house i'm not telling you anything you don't already know i mean any age of child but especially teenagers because this year has changed everything so Mm -hmm. i mean what do you do words images audio the new york times they put together a video that in many ways was a for a lot of teens this generation defining defining disaster being trapped inside and missing the milestones those big milestones that ordinarily mark the coming of age right i mean whether it's the prom or graduation or football games or whatever right those were taken away so a lot of kids and this has been well documented a lot of kids have suffered through this this has messed with a lot of kids heads mm-hmm. but according to this article in the times Also, many teens have surprised themselves that they instead have, because they're so close quarters, they've bonded with siblings. They've wanted to go outside and be alone while they've discovered nature. They've found small corridors in Zoom school. Mm -hmm. They played games. They've worked out. They've cooked. They've wrote. They sang. They danced. They painted. They made videos. And perhaps in this piece, they're saying, most importantly, at a time of life focused on figuring out who you are, a lot of teens have taken this time to reinvent themselves. And really, isn't that what teenage is all about, right? Mm -hmm. Discovering who you are. Anyway, I I won't go into it from the the Times perspective because they interview a lot of kids and the kids talk about those things, those things that they missed and those things that they gained. Mm -hmm. Now, Kathy, you know, your kids are away at college, you know, mine are here at home, but you do see growth you do see change in your kids in these odd times, do you not? Yeah, for both of my uh, kids experienced uh, the senior year in COVID. Um, oh my, my younger daughter had her senior year in high school last year. And then my older daughter has her senior year in college this year. And, um, you know, that's, that's a lot. 
it's a lot. It's a lot because of all of the time you spend as an undergrad, you know, looking forward to that time when you're a senior. Right. When you own everything. Right. right? When, right. When, whatever your activity is or your sport is or your major or whatever it is that you're particularly looking forward to. And then when that happens and it is so drastically different than you expected with so many regulations and whatever, it's just hard to take. Mm -hmm. It's hard to take. Um, But this is what I've talked to my own kids about um, is that I had a lot of friends, John, who had, you know, big things they were looking forward to in life. So like, I can't wait to get married or I cannot wait to get, you know, I'm in med school. I cannot wait to get a job. Like I cannot wait to be a physician, a practicing physician, or I can't wait to have a baby or I can't wait to move into a house, you know, all those sorts of things. Sure. And I have several friends who, when they finally got that thing, it was such a, it was so much short of what they had thought it would be that they became disillusioned with a lot of things in life and ended up in different varieties of, you know, clinical depression, um, just because that thing was not, it didn't live up to what they thought it would be. And um, so I talked to my kids about the fact that as hard as this year has been, one thing it's taught them is how to be, how to manage disappointment. Um, because so many things have been disappointing. And if, when it happens to you over and over, you just have to learn how to think about it, how to live with it, how to move forward, what you can do instead. And I really think that as they move through life, I think that's going to benefit kids who were in that, that uh, age bracket. I really do. I think they're, they're already going to be familiar with those feelings. I think if they're in a healthy place, they're going to be able to look back and remember that they survived it, which is going to give them confidence when, you know, they encounter something else that's disappointing or doesn't live up to what they thought it would be. That's good. That's a really good word. So great expectations. And at the same time, dashed hopes delayed, yeah. right? That somehow- it can be really hard. I'm not trying to minimize it. No, I, believe me, you know, your senior year of high school or college, you, you felt at least you feel a sense of power, right? You've waited all this time where you finally have everything that, you know, there it is, right? You're everything, whether it's the plays or the choirs or the sports, this moment is for you. And it's a leaping off time and that taken away. That's a great sense of grief and loss. I'm sure for a lot of kids. So how do you manage that, that maturity of it all? I mean, that, yeah. that's a good it's word, hard. Kath. I hadn't thought about it. All right. Yeah. Let's take a break. We come back. We're going to talk about power women. There are a lot of women uh, still in this world who are juggling, right? Home, maybe teaching, and maybe ministry. Those three things together. Our next guest is doing that. Jennifer Powell McNutt will talk about power women next. W-O-R-D. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New, new music. New music from Jordan St. Cyr. Fires. You've walked me through fire. Micah Tyler, new today. Your mercies are new today. And hold on to me from Lauren Daigle. Hold on to me. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 Word FM on the weekend. Mortgage commercials are rarely exciting. So to make it slightly more interesting, here are my nieces to do it for me. So interest rates continue to drop like my sister's baby teeth. Come on, Uncle Ryan had to say the same thing last year. 
That's true. Last year, it was rates are boring talk historically low, and now this year, they're somehow even more boring talk historically lower than the previous boring talk historically low. Sounds boring. But for so many listeners who just haven't wanted to deal with it, refinancing right now could save you massive amounts of Lego sets. Rates have gotten that low. Some borrowers could potentially save hundreds monthly and tens and tens of thousands over the life of a loan. And if you didn't put twenty percent down before, some could even stop having to pay PMI. Give Uncle Brian a shot. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to five hundred dollars. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number thirteen thirty. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License Number two two six seven two. Hi, it's me, Marsha, at the Springhouse. Did you know Easter's springing up on us? And quickly, too. Do you know what that means at the Springhouse? Well, first of all, it means you can enjoy the freshest, tastiest fried or baked cod every Friday night on the farm. It also means it's time to call and order your Springhouse Easter goodies. Our hickory smoked hams are extra special. We use only real hickory wood from the farm to slowly smoke these old-fashioned treats to perfection. Order a whole or half, and we'll send along cooking instructions, too. Mmm, how about Springhouse scalloped potatoes and homemade applesauce to go without ham? Finish off your meal with a from scratch Springhouse coconut cream pie or custard pie, or a chocolate log cake. Oh, and you can even decorate your table with our adorable bunny breads and eat them too. Easter also means our annual Springhouse Easter egg hunt and Palm Sunday feast. Check us out at SpringhouseMarket.com for all the details. Celebrate this most joyous holiday at the Springhouse in 84 Pennsylvania. For cancer patients, being a survivor doesn't begin at remission; it begins at diagnosis. Word FM presents Survivor Stories: Stories of Hope, of Faith, and Courage. In the words of patients and caregivers who are living through cancer together, share your story at wordfm.com. Survivor Stories, sponsored in part by Young Adult Survivors United and Gaskey and Associates. Details at wordfm.com. A lot of guys can do one thing or two things really well. I mean, have a high level. But there's something about women. So many, many women. I see this every day with my wife, and I look around me and see these women who are really strong, really engaged, really powerful. They do more than several things really, really, really well. How does that even work? The Reverend Dr. Jennifer Powell McNutt is with us. She is the Franklin S. Dryness Associate Professor in Biblical and Theological Studies at Wheaton College, a fellow in the Royal Historical Society, and a parish associate at First Presbyterian Church of Glen Ellen. Dr. McNutt received her PhD in history from the University of St. Andrews, her MDiv from Princeton Theological Seminary, and a BA in Religious Studies from Westmont College. She is part of a brand new book that is out、um, soon. And it's called Power Women, and it is a series of essays of women who are juggling career, whether it's academia, family, marriage, and children, and their church where they are pastors, where they are working. And today, Dr. McNutt is here to talk to us about answering a threefold calling: motherhood, the academy, and the pastorate. Jennifer, welcome back. Thank you so much. It's great to be back. Yeah, always good、um, to welcome you to the show, Jen.、Um, all right,、you. so 
Yeah. Let, so let's, maybe we can start with a little bit of my perspective and a little bit of your perspective on this uh, before we, before we get to the theory. Um, I think that when I, I've shared this before on the air that when I worked, um, at, you know, it was really into my career for uh, 10 years after I graduated from college before I had kids. And then when mm-hmm. I went and had kids, I was home for 10 years and um, I had a really hard time going from having a career to having kids. Um, and right. it was, it was just a really difficult emotional place for me to feel successful mm. in, or like, I, I, it's, I hate to use the word successful, but it was kind of like, I didn't know how to measure my own performance, you know, you know, because they're just, I yeah. didn't have a boss. I didn't have a, you know, you know, quarterly performance review or any of those sorts of things. And then when I got back into the workforce, boy, did that, was that weird? Because then I had to do both things. Um, so your perspective has been what, Jen? Right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I think it's just so good, first of all, just to reflect on the differences in our stories and to realize that there's not just like one way. Um, so for me, I just loved school so much. I, I never left. I actually never left. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I continued, you know, in doing my degrees and I met my husband in graduate school and when we got married, then we went on to do our PhDs abroad together. And so I ended up having my first child when I, in my last year of my dissertation, it was uh, quite a challenging year, finishing the dissertation, um, being pregnant, defending the dissertation, graduating, and then also uh, interviewing for jobs. <laughs> and in the, in the book, I say, you know, don't do it all at the don't same do time, that. but um, right. that's just how it happened for me. And, um, so yeah, so it was just, so for me, I started full-time work the first year I had a baby. So I was a brand new mother and yeah, just, it was, (laughs) I can almost hardly remember that first year. (laughs) It's such a fog. Um, and so I feel like I was really thrown into the deep end. Um, but I'd seen other women and they struggled to finish their PhDs because, they were maybe having babies or they already had babies. And so I really thought that I'm going to finish my, my degree. And, you know, the Lord really did put it on my heart. that like, now's the time to, you know, start your family. I felt really compelled by that. And um, so it was, it was a beautiful and very difficult beginning, I think. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. All right. So we, we kind of did things in different orders. And that's the thing, like you said, every woman is doing something in a, in a different, you know, every, it's, every story is unique. Um, mm. the, the book that you're involved in is called um, Power Women, which makes me laugh because I felt like I was the least like prepared human. Like the, I remember taking my first daughter home from the hospital. My husband and I were like, why are they letting us do this? Like we are a danger to this poor infant that we just knew nothing. And, um, and, you know, being a parent, as long as I have, I feel like I, I know even, you know, in many ways, a lot less. So how, where does the power come from? Well, yeah, so I am, I'll just say, you know, I, this, the vision for this book was from Nancy Wang Yuen and Deshauna Collier Google, just give a little background on that. Nancy's a Biola, Deshauna's a disease of Pacific. And they gathered this team of, you know, women um, professors and, and mothers from that are teaching at 
uh, schools in the um, Council of Christian Colleges and Universities, the CCCU. And yeah. uh, they gr- gathered this great team, and I I was re- really pleased to be invited to, you know, offer a chapter and to, to contribute to that. Um, and I think it was, you know, it's, it's, it's really a book that's seeking to provide, you know, like wisdom. So from people who've gone through it, you know, what have mm-hmm. you learned? Um, it's supposed to be encouraging. It's supposed to show solidarity. And so I, I think the title is just supposed to be kind of lifting, lifting women up. Sure. Um, in my own chapter, I really, I really talk about, because I know what you mean, and I felt like in my story that there's just so much to do all the time, and there's so, so many ways that you could fill up your time and use your time. And so it's just so important to realize kind of, where should I direct my energy? You know, why mm-hmm. am I um, pursuing these things? And and then to to recognize that it's you know it's the it's the Lord who is our power, <laughs> and yes, you know He's yes. the one who sustains us. He's the one who calls us. He's the one who equips us. And you know if we're if we're constantly you know looking for um, for strength in ourselves, then, then we, we're going to fail. Um, and so, yeah, so I think there, there's a complexity to it because on the one hand, lifting up women's stories, seeing like the strength of their stories, but then as Christians recognizing that that strength really comes from the Lord. Yeah. Jennifer Powell McNutt is with us. She's the chair in biblical and theological studies at Wheaton College. Um, she's part of a new project called Power Women, the stories of motherhood, faith, and the academy. Now, this is something interesting, Jen, because I was thinking about the title again, and I was thinking how I hear your story, and I think, oh my gosh, Jen is so smart. Like, think she was able to manage all that. Like she was able to get a PhD and to do a dissertation and have a baby and get a new job. And, you know, so I think that we can look at somebody else's story and see the power mm-hmm. in it. I think the hard thing yeah. is when we look at ours and then think, mm. that I don't feel like there's very much power there. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, it's very easy to kind of put others on a pedestal. And um, in fact, one of the chapters talks about kind of experiencing imposter syndrome, you know, and looking at oh, your yes. own life and right. Yes. And then, um, right. and that author is really pointing out that, you know, we need to just, we need to rest in God. Um, one of the passages or two passages that I really explored in my chapter, um, one comes from first Corinthians nine and the other from Hebrews 12. And just this, this idea in the new Testament about running this race and, and for me, you know, how much it feels like that, right? <laughs> that we're just running, you know, running mm-hmm. ourselves ragged. And um, it was so beautiful, I think, especially with Hebrews 12 is how, you know, it's like Jesus has already run the race. He's already won it. And so it's just about, mm-hmm. I think, being faithful with yeah. with the calling that God has put on your life and using those gifts. I, I think so often about the parable of the talents and, you know, what are the talents that you've been given and the calling that you've been given in your life. And then, you know, uh, be faithful in that. Um, and by the power of the Holy spirit, that that's made possible. And that's not by your own strength, but by God, God's alone. So, um, so I, I hope that that part of the story, <laughs> that sure. message comes 
through, uh, yeah, as an important encourager for, for other Christian women. I really think no matter what you're doing, um, some of the things that I highlighted, like time management and a support system, you know, those could really apply to many other uh, working women. So <laughs> not just. And Jim, there, you know, there has to be times, right, where you're teaching all day long. There you are at college. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, on a Tuesday night, you have meetings at church or you're meeting with, you know, parishioners or whatnot. You're doing hours there. And then you come from that and you get in your car and you're driving home and you put on, you know, the mom and wife thing. It's like three different <laughs> disparate things throughout the day and everybody needs and wants something from you. Yes, it's very, I think you're right. It's easy to be drained. Um, you're putting on lots, you're wearing lots of different hats. And there, there's just a complexity in that. I mean, one of the things I tried to, to say in my, through my story is that there are just different seasons in your life, you know, to, to recognize that where you know, I talked about, you know, just mul- you know, multiple pregnancies and, and just needing to step back from the church, you know, for, from leadership yeah. in the church for a little while, just because I couldn't do it all, you know, and I knew my limits. And you know, so, but then the joy of, you know, when, when the babies got to a certain age of, of feeling like I could do that again physically and, but, but also, you know, being selective, I think that's really important. It is such a special time when the, when, when you have your little babies. (laughs) And so, you know, you want to, you want to cherish those moments as well. Um, So sometimes, sometimes the family gives and sometimes, the work gives has been my mm-hmm. experience. I'll, I'll just give you one story um, for the 500th. So I'm a Reformation scholar and the 500th anniversary of the Reformation happened, you know, in 2017. Well, I had a baby in December, 2016. Mm-hmm. And so as a Reformation scholar, you know, this doesn't come around again in my lifetime, <laughs> this kind of anniversary <laughs> and right. <laughs> right. Ever. So, um, so, you know, so I just, um, but I knew how important it was to, to speak at churches about the legacy of the Reformation and our re- the Reformers and, you know, to be in the academic, in academic context doing that. And so, you know, my husband and I just figured it out and I just took the baby with me and it was really challenging, but um, that was one example of where I was just really trying to balance both, you know, at the same time. Um and I'm, you know, it, there's some special memories too from that, even though, you know, it was, it was not easy. <laughs> right. God bless you. Jen, I wish we could talk more about <laughs> this, especially about the church part. Maybe we can do that another time. Um, Cause I think that's a really important conversation to have, but for now, radio is telling us that uh, time is up. So the new book is called power women stories of motherhood, faith, and the Academy. And Jennifer Powell McNutt has been a contributor is a contributor and has been on our show today. Jen, thanks for being here. Thank you, Jen. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you both. You as well. Take a quick break. Come back. Queen and her dogs. Are you the type of person that values hand-built quality? Do you shop with local businesses because you know your purchase supports your neighbors? Or maybe you research before making a purchase because you know better than to trust the marketing hype. If any of this sounds familiar, you just might be an original Mattress Factory customer. At OMF, we value our amazing customers and work hard to exceed their expectations every day. 
Visit an OMF store near you or OriginalMattress.com to learn more. At the Original Mattress Factory, we know better than anyone that the mattress industry is full of myths. Mattress companies spread misinformation to mislead customers about their features and prices. One of those myths is that two-sided mattresses are old-fashioned. Today's mattresses don't need to be flipped and rotated, they say. But today's one-sided mattresses just aren't as durable. That's why OMF still hand-builds two-sided mattresses, because it's what's best for our customers. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Are you an Allegheny County senior feeling lonely or isolated due to the pandemic? The Allegheny County Senior Companion Program can help. Senior companions are volunteers 55 and over who will call you once or twice a week to check on you and see how you're doing. Those with computers or devices such as smartphones can do video chatting if desired. There is no cost to you for this service, and applying is easy. Please call 412-350-4061 to apply today. In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA United Mortgage Corp. 25 Miller Park, Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. When it comes to your child's education, consistency is key. And in a world that's been anything but, parents have found a consistent educational partner in Eden Christian Academy, where high-quality, safe, consistent in-person instruction has been happening all year long at each of their three North Hills campuses. Take a tour during Admissions Week beginning March 15th and see what a consistent quality pre-K through 12th grade education can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Talk about the uh, Oprah Winfrey, Duchess, Prince Harry conversation. But um, I saw this, and I think this is worth noting, that um, the queen, she herself, needed an emotional support animal in the midst of all this. Now, Did the she? queen, yes, the queen famously uh, has had for decades pet corgis. Sure. And uh, when Queen Elizabeth's most recent pet corgis died in 2018, she said, that's it. Um, I'm just done. She, but for decades, she was surrounded by this small pack of short-legged dogs, you know, the corgis. They're fabulous. And um, that resolve, it evaporated last week as the family braced itself for the fallout from the sit-down with Harry and Meghan. So days before the interview, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex aired. The, uh, the 94-year-old queen said, yeah, get me two corgis. The tabloids have reported that. And apparently, she's very happy. Uh, emotional support because uh, the prince himself, the queen's husband, has been in the hospital now for well on a month. So it's uh, it's good to report that for the first time in a few years, there are corgis back, whether you knew it or not, at Buckingham Palace. Isn't that one? I wonder how many corgis overall she's had. 
Oh, I bet you she's had a ton. I mean, you would see photographs of her. You would see six or seven corgis at a time. Right, right. Right. I mean, she always always favors the particular coloring, right? They're Pembroke. Pembroke. So they're smaller. And those are like the orangish. Yes. White, black. Right. A traditional corgi is more black and white. The cardigan corgi. And the Pembroke are the smaller sort of, you know, tannish, white and tan. I bet, she has a, I bet she has a hard time finding a good breeder. <laughs> Can you imagine? According to Google, she's had over 30. 30 oh my gosh, corgis. My, 30 corgis. That's hard to keep track of, isn't it? I wonder if she has a favorite on all those dogs. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if, like, presented with a picture of them, she could name them. Oh, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Okay, we'll step away for the 5 o'clock break. How does exercise enhance an aging brain? If I remember, I'll tell you about that next <laughs> listen on your smart speaker the word fm app at wordfm.com iheart tune in and on radio.com in the car or at home too at 101.5 wordfm pittsburgh with srn news i'm john scott congress has sent president biden the landmark 1.9 trillion dollar covid 19 relief bill The House approved the bill over solid Republican opposition. The measure represents Democrats' effort to bridle the catastrophic pandemic and revive the economy. Republicans say the measure is bloated, crammed with liberal policies, and heedless of signs the dual crises are easing. Catastrophic flooding from a stream swollen by heavy rains prompting the evacuation of Halewa, a town north of Honolulu. Consumer prices increased four-tenths percent in February, the biggest gain in six months, led by a sharp jump in gasoline prices. That's according to the Labor Department. Stocks finishing mixed today. The Dow gained 464 points. The Nasdaq was off five, and the S&P 500 up 23. This is SRN News. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at BoozBugStoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Shalom. Messianic Jewish congregations in Pittsburgh are inviting you to join our celebration of God's New Year. Exodus 12 says the month of Passover is the beginning of God's prophetic year. Join us for a night of Messianic Jewish worship and liturgy on Saturday, March 13th at 6 p.m. at Sharesh David Messianic Congregation in Monroeville. Jewish or Gentile, you don't want to miss this special appointment on God's calendar. More information at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. 
Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 8.36, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed, and one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Tonight will be cloudy and mild with a low of 55. Tomorrow, cloudy, breezy, warm, a passing shower in the afternoon, the high 67. Tomorrow night, considerable cloudiness and mild with brief showers in the evening, followed by occasional rain and drizzle late, the low 47. Friday, we'll see clouds breaking for some sunshine. It will be mild with a high of 58. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. A very spring-like Wednesday. Gorgeous out there right now. Temperatures in the 60s look to be that way for the next couple of days. It feels good, doesn't it? I love it. Yeah. I mean, uh, they talk about Indian summer. So what would, you know, an early-ish spring be called? Hmm. Just, does it have a label, I wonder? An early-ish spring. And this is not going to last that long. Or I think we're going to dip down into the 40s, uh, especially over the weekend, continue through next week. So, I mean, it's nice while it's here. It's a, a sign of better days ahead. Yeah. I don't know what to call it. I think, I think you're right. I think it deserves a name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perhaps it doesn't have something to do with a you know, marginalized people group. You just want to keep it really sort of neutral. I there. think so. I think we'd like to keep it neutral. Yeah. So I've been exercising uh, in the pandemic and I've been thinking about this, about how exercise has impacted or not my brain. Right. Okay. I mean, here we are, you know, a lot of people are just staying at home. So this has been known for a long time that exercise can change how crucial portions of our brain communicate with each, with each other as we age. And so if you exercise, you can see an improvement of thinking and remembering according to a new study. Now, in this study, what they did was uh, they took a group of uh, people of uh, 55 and older, and they wondered about their medial temporal lobes. That's the portion of the brain that contains the hippocampus. It is the core of the brain's memory center. So, of course, as we get older, you know, that 
portion of the brain, it often begins to sputter with age. So people at the uh, uh, Aging and Brain Health Alliance at Rutgers University, they put together this um, research and they put together 34 volunteers who had completed an earlier brain scan and they returned for another after they exercised vigorously for some 20 weeks. So they compared these brain scans before they started exercise for 20 weeks, after they exercised Mm. for 20 weeks. Then they started to compare and they noted subtle differences in how the exercisers' brains operated. The scans of the brain showed more synchronized activity throughout their medial temporal lobes than among a sedentary group of like-minded 55 and older people. Hmm. Portions of the exercisers' lobes would lighten up together and then within seconds realign and light up with other sections of the lobe. The synchronizing indicates apparently a kind of youthful flexibility in the brain, as though they were smoothly trading dance partners at a ball. The exercisers' brains would flexibly rearrange their connections in ways that people who were sedentary were unable to do so. Wow. So that's interesting. So it doesn't, I figured that this would be some sort of um, like a, a, like a brain analysis that had to do with coordination or, you know, uh, right, right side, left side or something yeah. like that, but it's not, it's, it's unrelated. It's something that has to do with memory. It is. Yeah. So wow. they're showing, you know, they're, they wire these people up to these, you know, scans and they can see, of course, you've seen this before where the brain lights up, you know, doing something or a thought or something, yeah. different portions of the brain light up. And so there it is. I mean, you know, it's not in black and white, but I'm sure it's in living color. They can see the inner workings of the brain and those who are exercising more vigorously are able to, I, I love that. It's a great analogy. It's like ballroom dance. Right. Mm -hmm. You're switching partners back and forth and back and forth in the brain. You can see that the complexity and the beauty of that. So that's good news. If you know, if you're 55 and older, the best thing to have a better brain, of course, is to exercise. Wow. Okay. Have you, have you noticed any personal difference in your, I don't know, thinking or attitude or outlook or anything since you you started exercising at home? Well, primarily what I've noticed is I sleep a heck of a lot better. Mm Mm-hmm. And when I sleep, I love my dreams. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that means. You know, they, you know, they may change, but there has been a heightened sense of dream activity. And maybe that's, I've talked to a friend about this, that he, uh, this is unrelated, you know, he's not, you know, talking about the exercisers thing, but he's convinced that during this COVID era, as we're more split off from people, his dreams have lit up as well. He's had deeper, more interesting, more meaningful dreams during this period of separation. I don't think I've ever had a meaningful dream. Really? Really? I don't you don't think, think so. you ever have? A meaningful dream? A meaningful no. dream. Where you wake up and you go, man, I mean, I, I didn't, that image or that thought or that person, that happens to me often. Mm-mm. I'm not saying they're life-changing, but they're always, I mean, they're very interesting where you going to go, that person, you know, came back to me and we talked about this and I saw this and really. I mean, not meaning, I think I have dreams that are really, I love to have weird dreams and yeah. I'm very good at that. I excel in that area. And so every time I have a weird dream, which is often, I do kind of take a moment when I'm waking to kind of pat myself on the back and say, well, that was very creative. Yeah. You know, but I'm really, really say, glad I went there. You wouldn't say though, you didn't gain insight. No, I've, I don't think I've ever, I, I can maybe think of just a couple times in my whole life that I ever felt like I gained any insight from a dream. Hmm. Hmm. Mike, Mike, uh, chime in here. Are, are you yourself a dreamer? 
Um, yeah, I dream often, but I'm not like I'm not the type of person where I'll log it down or I'll have a dream journal or I try to interpret it. Like my my wife and the Have other you hand, ever had a meaningful dream? Um, do you think? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. I have I think okay. I have. Um, I okay, can't no, wait, think no, wait, off no, the wait. top of my head, but what? No, you your wife says, you know, you've said this. Your wife and I, I know people who do this. She wakes up and writes her dreams down. Yes, e- ev- literally every single morning. Like I love that. I love that so morning. much. She 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 wakes up. We have a cup Ooh. of coffee. She tells me about her dream, and then we dissect it. Hey, what what yeah. does this mean? Whatever. And that is super cool. I'm, Wait, but you don't ever do you don't ever do that with yours? No, never. I'm 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 just. I look at it this way. Every time I have a, a dream, or I think maybe a meaningful dream, it's always about something that. I thought about last night right before bed or I watched right. a movie some I watched a movie right. at that point of the day and yeah I I just hey but you know God's God speaks through dreams uh maybe okay, I should pay so more Then all this time that your wife has been doing this yeah. what's her takeaway from that Um she really believes and feels that it is it is a way that God speaks to her Um mm-hmm. now you know sometimes she takes it literal um, sometimes she thinks it's a, a, a dream could be a metaphor. Um, mm-hmm. so but she sees it as a path. She, she sees it as a path. She sees it as a way, uh, mm-hmm. of a communication with God. Yeah. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. That's really cool. I mean, I, I would not say no to that. I, I get that. Yeah. Anyway, isn't that, in- isn't that interesting how like we're just, people are wired so differently. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it. my, you know, every time I have a, a, like I had a dream last week about this woman who I barely, barely ever, like I met, might've met her twice. And I, and the last time I met her was before I had a second child. So that was 18 years ago. And why? She would popped I up have, in your dream. She tri- popped up in my dream. For, I wasn't thinking about her. I wasn't <laughs> like we talked. It was like, why does that happen? I don't know. Cause the mind is really fascinating. That's isn't it? wacky. I love it. One so of much. my friends is, uh, is learning Spanish and, um, She's got she's gotten so fluent with Spanish that she's actually dreaming um, people in talking Spanish. in Spanish. Yeah, yeah, oh. that's cool. <laughs> I love it. I that's mean, cool. that's I the hear, brain. I hear. I hear yeah. that that's for some people learning a foreign language. That's a threshold. Mm. Yeah, because really? when you're when you're dreaming in that language, you've reached a certain point where you're oh, like, yeah, I'm really starting to get. Oh, good that's at cool. This. Like you've set yourself free in some right, yeah. right, right. Fascinating. All right, dreams. Let's take a quick break. Come back. When we do come back, we're going to talk about law enforcement. Our good friend Jay Warner Wallace, thoughts on law enforcement and the case for Christian case for Christianity. That's next. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, the ride home here on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best new music. New, new, new music from Chris Tomlin with Thomas Rhett. God who listens. Walker and gospel song. Ain't nothing like a gospel song. And Child of Love from We the Kingdom. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance? Or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is Kathy Emmons for my friends at Marley Financial. Every agency offers the same stuff, well, except for Marley. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks, 
feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait till open enrollment, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley, 724-884-1496. The following is a paid announcement. The advertiser was paid a marketing fee for a digital campaign. Please make sure to review our disclaimer on our report page. The time is now to capitalize on the tech stocks boom in the American market. Smart labels are some of the most innovative developments in supply chain management in the grocery, retail, and healthcare industries. And you can find out which companies are poised to win in this vital market sector with your free report from Avid Stock Market News Reports. Text the word WIN to 48542 to get up-to-the-minute intelligence on how these companies can potentially increase retailer profitability by digitizing the shelf edge to automate workflows, boost basket sizes, and develop new income streams. Businesses and distributors around the globe increase productivity Activity and reduce costs with this new development. And that's why smart label technology will be part of virtually every retail experience around the world in the coming years. Get this winning research for free when you text WIN to 48542. Text the word WIN to 48542. Text WIN to 48542. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Very early in uh, the uh, gestation of the ride home with John and Kathy, John and I were trying to I don't know, come up with, come up with a guest list of people that we thought were, you know, had a lot of intellectual depth and people who were, you know, had good communication skills and people that we, we thought we'd like to develop a a group of people we could bring to the air that we'd like to hang out with ourselves. I think the very first person that we landed on was Jim Wallace. And it's so great that we're still friends after all these years. Jay Warner Wallace is with us, Dateline featured cold case detective, senior fellow at the Colson Center for Christian Worldview, adjunct professor of apologetics at Biola. And he's also an author in his free time, Cold Case Christianity, a whole bunch of other things, and creator of the Casemakers Academy for Kids. Jim, how are you? Wow, I feel honored that I would be considered <laughs> that first group. I felt the same way about you when I first wrote the book. I, there was only a few places that I looked forward to kind of going back to again and again. And you guys are, all, of course, on top of my list. That's why I always try Fabulous. to join you whenever I can. So glad Thank to be you, here. Jim. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Jim, uh, your story is fascinating to us. And of course, uh, the one of the main reasons, and you talk about this, is for the last 60 years, whether it was your father, yourself, and then your son, for the last 60 years on the Los Angeles, Los Angeles uh, Police Department, there has been a Jim Wallace. And that says a lot about you and your family as police officers. And so now we find ourselves, as we do from time to time, you know, generationally, there are these calls and aggressive calls about law enforcement. And, you know, you live this, you know this. These are your, your brothers and your family. So as a Christian, Jim, 
take, would you take a few minutes and, and talk to us about your take as a police officer when you hear the climate that we're in and the general perception that cops are the bad guys and we should defund the police and we're in the midst of, you know, uh, reckoning here of gigantic proportions and all of a sudden you find yourself as a law enforcement officer under a microscope. Yeah, it's it's hard. And, you know, when I uh, became a police officer, I think my dad was probably like, well, you know, I think he probably had higher goals for me than becoming a police officer. And I was coming out of, you know, my graduate program uh, in architecture. So I had a master's degree in architecture. I, I wonder if he kind of thought, well, I'm not sure this is a good choice for you. But but certainly, it was the, you know, he realized pretty quickly that I could do the job and that we were doing some good work over here. And he, I think he'd been proud of that. I, you know, when my son uh, decided to do it, I was um, similarly proud. Um, but I do, do I want my grandson to do it? Uh, I don't know. Um, I know that my son Jimmy probably feels like, well, you know, we've had four generations, we three generations. Oops, sorry, as my son calling me right now, as a matter of fact, going to be four, right? And so we've had these multiple generations of guys named Jim Wallace. So I know he probably feels like if I have a son, I'll probably name him Jim Wallace. And what are the odds that kid will become a cop someday? Well, I think probably lower, because I'm not sure that this is the kind of thing I would. I mean, there's like at the same time, I think this is incredibly commendable work. So I would, but it's it's more and more sacrificial, and it's more and more personally dangerous to do it from a liability perspective. Mm -hmm. So for all of those of us who are in the profession and have been doing it without a single personnel complaint our entire careers, without any of this stuff that we see that you could, we would all agree is is there are times when we see something and we say, you know, that shouldn't have happened that way. I get it, but for all of those who have done the job without those kinds of things in our past. And we're as, we're probably more critical than anyone else when we see stupid. Okay, we are probably more critical than anyone else. But if you look at all that, you think, okay, so so, uh, what is the what is the future for this profession? And and if we're going to be litigated against now, on a, even like this is a lot of the laws that are going through in different states, uh, even federally, will we be litigated against uh, when someone? And that would just trust me. That'll tie it. It's going to get to the point. You know, I always say it this way: in fire, in the fire department, you do not have firemen out patrolling or fire, you know, fire personnel out patrolling, looking for fires. It's reactive; it's not proactive. Law enforcement has always been proactive. It's not that you want us to come after it's over and take a report about your car getting stolen. It's that you want us to do something proactively to make sure your car doesn't get stolen in the first place. In other words, there's a patrol function to, to law enforcement. We are supposed mm -hmm. to be, at least used to be. You wanted us to be proactively looking around to make sure your car doesn't get stolen when the bad guys are in your neighborhood. Well, who's going to do that anymore? Who honestly would do that when everything you might do that's proactive will be heavily scrutinized and, and would, would cost you either your income, your, your future, uh, your reputation? Um, so I think – so look at it this way too, guys. You just said, okay, if the, the high moral value for our culture becomes – we don't. We want a minimum amount of law enforcement. We want to defund these. That's our high moral value. Well, okay. So how do you make sure that that occurs? Well, we can pass a law. Okay, you pass the law, and so this requires local jurisdictions to defund their police department. How will you make sure that those local jurisdictions are actually doing it? Oh, you're going to need an enforcement agency. Because you can pass laws <laughs> well, regarding right, right, right. moral moral codes, and we could all agree the moral code should change. But at some point, you're like, wait a minute. So how do I make sure you actually obey the law I just passed? Well, now you're back to us again. So in the end, there's a foundation that everyone accepts, which is that whatever moral view we take as a society, we're probably going to need some 
uh, arm of our – some agency, some aspect of government that will at least enforce, uh, enforce the agreed-upon moral code, and then you're back to where you started. Okay, good. Mm. We're talking with Jay Warner Wallace, Cold Case Christianity Online, coldcasechristianity.com. Okay, Jim, so I've heard you talk about this, and you say this without you know, any hubris or anything, that you do say that law enforcement is the one necessary profession, because if you don't have order in society, then chaos ensues. Without order, nothing else will flourish. Right. Well, let's say, for example, we we saw the the the, the mess right at the at the at the national capital with an invasion of people trying to break into the legislators, right, and then harm legislators. Okay. Well, what what is the thing that stands between that kind of chaos? You can't even legislate. You can't even safely govern, unless, of course, you have something in place to secure the peace, to to you know stop crime, to stop people from doing what they shouldn't do. Um, so in the end, um, that, that's why this is the necessary first. Now, look, I'm not suggesting for those of you who live in communities where you think, well, yeah, but you don't live where I live in our community. The law enforcement here is X, Y, or Z. Okay, great. I get it. I'm not saying it has to be law enforcement as you've known it if you've had a bad experience. I'm just suggesting that there has to be something in place. This will be the foundational uh, thing that you will put in place that everyone will stand on and take for granted and abuse. Like you do every foundation, no one cares much about the sidewalks, right, until they're cracked and you're tripping over them. Now, suddenly, you're paying attention to the sidewalks. But it turns out sidewalks are important. Foundations are important. They hold up the building we call civilization. And sometimes you don't recognize how bad your foundation is until the walls are starting to crack. If that's fine, what do you do? Do you say, okay, you know what? We're just not going to use foundations anymore. We're just going to build on the dirt. That's not going to help. Instead, what you do is you fix the foundation, but you don't jettison the foundation. Jim Wallace is with us, Dateline featured cold case detective, senior fellow at the Colson Center, author of Cold Case Christianity, God's Crime Scene, Forensic Faith, and also creator of the Casemakers Academy for Kids. All right, Jim, what about, uh, you know, we're in the middle of watching the uh, Derek Chauvin uh, case get underway, the trial get underway. George Floyd. Um, the, the, who, yeah. yeah, he he's um, he's being accused of the killing of George Floyd, and um, it's going to be emotional in and complicated in pretty much every way. Um, when people are, are reading news reports or, or watching TV reports on this, um, from a cop's perspective, Jim, what would you want the average person in America to know? Well, remember, all criminal cases are built on the laws that were in place at the time the crime occurred. So what we really have to do, and this is why it's hard, because if it gets emotional, you can sway decisions. But in the end, we're asking jurors to make a decision about whether the law was violated, not about whether no, – again, this will be done in this case. They're going to look at this case, and, if, and as they assess it, they will consider all the laws that were in place and if any of those laws were violated. But what's hard sometimes is that sometimes I might think, well, yeah, this wasn't right, but by, by way of law, I really can't do anything about it, right? I mean the law was followed, but I would say that it wasn't right. Well, then the first thing you have to do is change the law. So then when we go to trial, we can actually you know, uh, 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 try somebody on the basis of whether or not they violated the law. You know, you don't get to trial and say, okay, well, the, the law is not good. The question is, no, no, you, that's a whole other step before you get to trial. So I think mm-hmm. that part of the problem is going to be as we assess this, you got to be. This is why we ask jurors to be neutral. I get you can't get 
I, I, we all have passionate feelings about this, and those just can't come into play on either side. Instead, you've got to simply ask the question, given the laws that were in place, were these laws violated? I don't think they're going to have a hard time doing that in this case. I really don't. But and just in general, you typically see that in some of these cases, you can say, well, okay, yeah, I, I don't like the way it was handled. But, but because, because this domino fell this way, the, the reactionary domino actually was legal, even though you might think it's not right, but it was within the law. Well, then you're kind of stuck. You're going to get a you're going to get a, a result that you're not happy about, because although it it, it is true to the law, it kind of still uh, bruises the conscience, right? You're saying I, I still don't like that. Well, then we have to kind of start. That's why in the end we're going to have to go back. But I'll tell you guys this. I think I've said this before. It turns out that laws and the politics of all this are way downstream of what is being sold to the public by way through the arts. And I always say it this way: I, I get to consult with uh, companies, you know, on the, on the East Coast about producing TV shows involving detectives. So I watch a lot of detective shows, and I'll tell you, one of the ones I watch are everything on ID Channel, for example. Uh, typically, is going to to depict. If you watch ID Channel, you're going to think, you know what, detectives are pretty cool. <laughs> if you watch uh, the, the, the uh, documentaries on Netflix, on the other hand, you're going to think every detective is corrupt. And so, in other words, it just determines on how it, it depends on how we are portrayed. Typically, in the arts, right? It's the music in the background. It's the way kinds of questions that are, are are put on in the documentary. It's all that stuff that turns the head of culture either positively or negatively. Now we need to be fair. So I'm glad that both those platforms are out there because you get both sides of the story, right? Mm -hmm. But I just think we have to remember that a lot of what's going to happen here is not going to be based on the laws that are in place or a, a criminal trial that's taking place. It's going to be based on the art form of journalism and how people write about it because art is always more determinative uh, than the law or politics. You, you win the battle upfield in the arts and how you communicate things. And whether that, you know, when you get to trial, that stuff's already decided. Fascinating. Jay Warner Wallace, coldcasechristianity.com. Jim, before you leave us, I mean, boy, we need you here for a little longer segment because it feels as though we're just uh, getting things going here and you got to leave us. But talk to us about Cold Case Christianity. This is a good place for people to go and witness Christianity in action from a police perspective, right? I mean, this is really some good, valuable resources here. What we're trying to do is make the case for is the Bible true and should you take it seriously? Because that stuff's even upstream of the arts. So it, your worldview matters first. If you don't think the Bible's true or you don't want to take it seriously, you just kind of pull out verses you like, then we're going to end up in very different places. But if we can agree, the Bible matters and you should take it seriously. It's true and it should be taken seriously. We're probably going to agree on a lot of stuff that's downriver. That's good. Okay. That's Jim Wallace. Jim, always a pleasure. Good to hear your voice, my friend. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Look forward to the next time. Mm -hmm. Our pleasure. Coldcasechristianity.com. Do yourself a favor. Stop by. There's a lot to chew on there. Take a break. Come back. Does this make sense? That's next. Shalom. Messianic Jewish congregations in Pittsburgh are inviting you to join our celebration of God's New Year. Exodus 12 says the month of Passover is the beginning of God's prophetic year. Join us for a night of Messianic Jewish worship and liturgy on Saturday, March 13th at 6 p.m. at Sharesh David Messianic Congregation in Monroeville. Jewish or Gentile, you don't want to miss this special appointment on God's calendar. More information at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. If you can fix the big stuff, you can 
can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7-365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. For cancer patients, being a survivor doesn't begin at remission. It begins at diagnosis. Word FM presents Survivor Stories, stories of hope, of faith, and courage in the words of patients and caregivers who are living through cancer together. Share your story at wordfm.com. Survivor Stories, sponsored in part by Young Adult Survivors United and Gaskian Associates. Details at wordfm.com. I think it's fair to say that we live in very contentious times. And I don't know about you. Of course, you, when you look at the sweep of history, we've been here before. But there's something about the age we live in now where people wear their wokeness or their outrage or whatever it is that they claim as their demeanor on their sleeve. And it is above all, be all, the most important thing in their lives. Right. So people who say, I'm a conservative or I'm a Trumper or I'm a never Trumper or whatever it is, however people want to approach it, that's like their calling card. That's the environment that they see themselves in, the family that they say they come from, and the only community they want to be a part of. Oftentimes at the most important thing, which is all of us are children of God. I don't know about you, but getting a quality education, especially a Christ-centered education, is a very difficult thing in this day and age. That's why Kath and I are very happy our children have been at Grove City College. It's important to claim who you are, but more important to know that you're a child of God as you involve yourself in rigorous studies. So when college students look at the world, is it just about being a conservative or being woke, or is it about something bigger and broader and more important than that? One of the reasons that we love Grove City is because they look at the whole person. And so we ask you, if you'd like to investigate a school that's going to train your child in something bigger and better, consider Grove City, gcc.ed. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight will be cloudy and mild with a low of 55. Tomorrow, cloudy, breezy, warm, a passing shower in the afternoon, the high 67. Tomorrow night, considerable cloudiness and mild with brief showers in the evening, followed by occasional rain and drizzle late, the low 47. Friday, we'll see clouds breaking for some sunshine. It will be mild with a high of 58. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Cable. Cable? Cable mean, TV. Oh. Mm-hmm. Fios, Comcasts, mm-hmm. the dish. Not the dish. Well, kind Not of the dish. dish. Yeah, the well, dish. Well, I mean, no. does it make sense? Well, <laughs> boy, that's a rough I one. know. No, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Not in its traditional form, no. I'd rather have a la carte. But, you know, you got to get sucked into a package. So that hacks me off. Does cable make sense? Yes, because I want to watch the Steelers and the Pens. I know, I know. But do I have to to spend... When I'm watching, like, literally six channels. 
and I've got 500. Fold with a lot of hoo-ha. Does it make sense to you? Well, I, 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 this is the first time I've come to does this make sense without an answer. Oh, whoa, whoa. I don't know. Now, Mike, new Mike lives a, a happy life with no cable. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's scrambling. You know that. He's picking up crumbs. It's not, not scrambling. He's picking up crumbs of, like, digital stuff. Maybe he is scrambling. It can't be, like, really that full of a life without cable. I don't want to speak okay, for Mike. I, I got I to gotta be honest. I'm leaving this one open-ended. Okay, well, I'm, still search- make- no. I'm still searching for an answer. I'll say, no, my answer is a definitive. Cable does not make sense. It does not make sense. Yeah, except you're still paying it every dang month. I don't, it doesn't matter. I still, I, you know, I can do many illogical well, then, things. Well, then maybe the next question is, does John Hall make sense? Yeah, you know that. The answer to that, of course, is absolutely no. All right, does this make sense? The caller. Oh. I, go in, I go into my covered and I'm got all these yeah. dress shirts right. and they've got little buttons on them and I got to button them up and my neck's nice and tight here I'm sitting in a black pullover jersey right it's an open collar it's very yeah. comfortable mm-hmm. I love this if I never wear a collared shirt again I c- could care less the collar makes absolutely no sense whatsoever it's wasted fabric you know what we could save the earth from no collars that's my new right that's my new slogan save the earth no collars I thought this was, does this make sense? All of a sudden is like, save the earth. Does the collar make sense to you? I'll I like, it. yes, I, I'll say it does yes, not. It does. Yeah, Apparently, yes, it you're does. not wearing a collar today. I know. So it doesn't make a lot of sense that I'm not supporting my point of view, but exactly. uh, I have it still. Yeah, the collar makes no sense. I Cable. say it does. Cable? I'm not so sure. People. Doesn't know. It's a waste of money and fabric like the collar. W-O-R-D. If I said that by Friday you could be praying with a boldness you never thought possible, expecting God to answer your prayers like never before, would you take the next step? Would you ask, what do I do? Breathe powerful new life into your prayers. Don't miss John MacArthur's series, Don't Be Afraid to Ask, on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 W-O-R-D. Hi, my name is Tanya Ettinger, the Pittsburgh wedding planner and your luxury event concierge. Oh my, do you have to plan your wedding yet again? You don't know how many guests you're allowed to have at your wedding? Do you have to wear a mask or not? Your venue's not calling you back? It doesn't have to be that way. I am pandemic on-site protocol certified and I'm the solution to your wedding problems. At Weddings of Pittsburgh, my team and I will make your dreams come true. We attend to your every need so you don't have to lift a finger or worry about anything. Relax, leave the stress behind, and enjoy the adventurous experience that my magic will provide you. Go to WeddingsofPittsburgh.com, fill out the contact form, and enjoy the wedding you've always dreamed of. Tanya Ettinger with Weddings of Pittsburgh. Let's make magic. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. 
They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. I'm Dr. Andrea Russo, a cardiologist. Maybe you're waiting to talk to your doctor right now. But if you're having an irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, don't wait. This could be a serious condition like atrial fibrillation, which can make you about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you're having these symptoms, don't wait. Talk to a doctor by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. On the upcoming Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise with Alistair Begg, you'll be surrounded by the fellowship of like-minded travelers and worship with Grammy Award-winning Laura Story and singer-songwriter Michael O'Brien. Share how Christ is deepening your faith in this once-in-a-lifetime teaching and travel experience. Join us for this unforgettable Alaska cruise coming in the summer of 2021 by calling 855-565-5519. Or log on to DeeperFaithCruise.com for all the details. You may have missed it, but there was a recent ruling for the Supreme Court that was really interesting for a couple of different reasons. The Supreme Court rules for former Georgia college students in a free speech case. Here to talk to us about that and the uniqueness of it that involves Supreme Court John Roberts and the solo dissent from Alliance Defending Freedom is Tyson C. Langhofer. Tyson Langhofer is Senior Counsel, Director of the Center for Academic Freedom with ADF. Tyson, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Mm-hmm. Good to have you here and appreciate you helping us to to um, kind of filter this for everyday people like John and I who are trying to understand uh, this important uh, ruling. So let's talk first off about the name of the student in question, Chike. I, I can't pronounce his last name. You want to give us a line on that? Uzabunam. Okay. Uzabunam. All right. Well That's done. not as difficult as it looks. Okay, so uh, Cheeky was handing out, I was talking to students on his campus about his faith positions. Um, Is that where the story begins? It is, yeah. That's the thing. Uh, Cheeky was a student at George Gwinnett, and he loved sharing his faith with other students. And so when he would get out of class, he'd just go out to the sidewalks and the open areas of campus and sit down and start chatting with students that were interested in hearing about the, the gospel. And unfortunately, okay. he was stopped. He, he was stopped by officials that said, "Hey, you can't be here. You have to be in our speech zones." And Chike said, "Well, okay, I'll figure that out." So he went and got a reservation for the speech zones. And when he went there to speak on the day of the reservation, within several minutes, the police officers stopped him again and said that some students had complained, um, and because of that, uh, they were going to stop him from speaking, even the speech zones, even with the reservation. Hmm. Okay, so then, Tyson, as the case moved forward, the college essentially said, um, yeah, we're, we're in error here. And then there was, you know, some talk about a settlement of a case which involved a dollar. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so the, the, the school never actually said they were in error. But what they did was they modified the policies, the speech zone and the speech code. They modified that, and then they told the court, hey, you should dismiss this case because we've modified the policy but they never rectified, they never acknowledged and uh, at, at the action that they took to actually violate Chike's rights by stopping him from speaking on a public sidewalk. And so the court agreed with them and dismissed the case. We appealed it to the 11th Circuit, and the 11th Circuit agreed. And so we went to the Supreme Court. And the question at the Supreme Court was, if a government official violates your constitutional rights, 
do, can you bring a lawsuit to hold them accountable for that violation if you don't have any monetary damage? And that's an important mm -hmm. right because many times your, your speech rights, right, or your religious exercise, if a government official violates those rights, many times you don't have any monetary damage. Um, and so um, what the Supreme Court thankfully ruled was that government officials should be held accountable to the victims when they violate the First Amendment rights, even if there is no monetary damage, because the government is supposed to protect freedoms, not take it away. Got it. I see. So then a particular point's being made here, right, that there should be some recompense in some way, whether money's changing hands or not. So it's a line in the sand. Is that true? Absolutely correct. And, and it's also important to understand that these opinions, finding that government that a certain action by a government official is a constitutional violation, will act as precedent. And it will signal both to government officials and to citizens that this action is wrong. And if you see this type of action in the future, you can hold them accountable. And so what it does for us is it helps us in protecting students' future rights, we can point to that case and say, that's what the court held was wrong there. That's what you're doing here. You can't do that. Um, and so it, it's, it's important both to give value um, to the, the, the individual asserting their rights, but also to future citizens. I see. Tyson Langhoffer is with us, Senior Counsel and Director of the Center for Academic Freedom with Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, so, Tyson, what does that mean in, you know, in, in a real world situation? So um, you can hold the government accountable and how what would that look like? Well, um, so let's say that, you know, in the current state where many times like with a if a government official shuts down a church service because of COVID restrictions, it might be difficult to prove you have actual damage from that, right? And so when they, when those COVID violations, those, those, uh, many times those policies are very temporary, right? Well, you may not be able to hold that official responsible and say you can't do this in the future uh, because they said, well, you don't have any monetary damage. But in this case, they'll say it doesn't matter. You don't have to have monetary damage. You can sue and have a court find that that official violated your rights so that in the future you can hold that official responsible by saying, hey, remember okay. what happened in the past? You can't do this. Oh, okay, so good. we're talking about getting mon the claimant getting uh, monetary damages. That the monetary damages in this case would be a, a nominal amount. Just it, It's unrelated to anything that they actually had to pay out of their pocket. So what the court would say is uh, we find that the, the government official violated your rights uh, we recognize you didn't have any actual monetary damage, but we're going to require the official to pay you a nominal amount, say a dollar or ten dollars, okay. okay. to recognize, yeah, to recognize the violation of that right because we believe that the that that these rights are so important. Okay, great. And and so eight of the Supreme Court justices agreed. They did. That's right. And 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 it was a great opinion by Justice Thomas. They essentially adopted in whole our argument, so we're very thankful for that. Uh, but the lone dissent was Justice Roberts. Yes. And so that's that's a point of interest because, of course, you know, you're following. You've been in front of the Supreme Court. Justice, Justice Roberts has said no. This is the first time in many a year there's been an eight-to-one decision, and Justin Roberts is the, Justice Roberts is the holdout. Yes, I think this is the first time that Justice Roberts has ever been the lone dissent. So yeah, it is first unique from that standpoint. Um, and, and because Justice Roberts has, um, you know, he, he has 
in, been in the past historically a pretty strong protector of free speech and freedom of religion. Uh, but he 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 was of the opinion in this case that um, the that that a, a a civil rights claimant has to have actual damages. Uh, actually, claim actual damages in order to be able to maintain a lawsuit against a government official. Okay. All right. So, so moving forward, then, um, talk about what this means for the average person. So, let's say you know Susie Q. Public is on the University of Pittsburgh campus, and she wants to share her faith, and a uh, pit cop comes up to her and says, "You can't do that." Um, what does this mean for her? Well, what it means is if. They, if they were stopped, if a government official actually stops you and violates your rights, um, you can file a lawsuit against that official um, and have a judge find that that, law, uh, that action was lawful, was unlawful, even if you didn't have to you know, spend any money, even if that didn't cause you any monetary harm. And so what it does is it essentially makes it easier for individuals to um, assert and protect their their free speech rights and their rights of religious freedom, many of which do not have any actual monetary harm associated with them. I see. So good. So whether it's a dollar or ten, the point is made, and free speech is able to reign. And those who try to restrict it should beware, because the line has been drawn. It's an important distinction. Absolutely, that's right. And 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 that the the important thing is that this freedom protects. Everybody. It protects the religious. It protects the non-religious. It is a it is a uh, freedom that keeps the government um, out of you know continuing to violate uh, individuals' rights. And so I, it, it is a, it is an important uh, line in the sand that, that the Supreme Court drew here. That's good. Right. Well, Tyson, thanks. I mean, really, yeah. if, for those of us who are outside the law, we appreciate your clarity in guiding us through this. It's uh, really interesting. So thanks so much for being here with us. Absolutely. Thank you. Our pleasure. Tyson Langhofer, Senior Counsel, Director of the Center for Academic Freedom with Alliance for Defending Freedom. Alliance Defending Freedom. We love the work that they do. They're protecting our rights as believers across the United States. Take a quick break. Come back. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too, even threaten your home or business. Don't take on the IRS alone. If you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. The experts at Optima specialize in a powerful IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands, even tens of thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for your free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Where the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit EKExcavation.com. 
They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Messianic Jewish congregations in Pittsburgh are inviting you to join our celebration of God's new year. Exodus 12 says the month of Passover is the beginning of God's prophetic year. Join us for a night of Messianic Jewish worship and liturgy on Saturday, March 13th at 6 p.m. at Sharesh David Messianic Congregation in Monroeville. Jewish or Gentile, you don't want to miss this special appointment on God's calendar. More information at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. Save up to $300 on top-rated brands like Sealy and Sleepies at Mattress Firm right now. And you can get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 or more to elevate your sleep every night. Save big. Sleep better. Shop the semi-annual sale now. For cancer patients, being a survivor doesn't begin at remission. It begins at diagnosis. Word FM presents Survivor Stories, stories of hope, of faith, and courage. In the words of patients and caregivers who are living through cancer together. Share your story at wordfm.com. Survivor Stories, sponsored in part by Young Adult Survivors United and Geneva College. Details at wordfm.com. Hopefully you know the name Tim Keller. Tim Keller has uh, spent decades helping those as a minister in New York City. And of course, his ministry spans around the globe. He is the author of many uh, best-selling books. And... um, Tim Keller has been a guest on our show uh, throughout this past year. His wife, Kathy Keller, is a native Pittsburgher, so we're always happy to make that connection with Kathy, and Tim comes along as well. But, you know, uh, about a year or so ago, Tim uh, Keller was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and this past week, he wrote an essay where he asked this question. He says, you know, I spent a lifetime counseling others before my diagnosis. Will I be able to take my own advice? Growing my faith in the face of death. So tomorrow we'll be fortunate that Tim Keller will join Kathy and myself, along with Tim Keller's wife, who is named Kathy as well. So the Kellers will be with us at 5.15 tomorrow here on The Ride Home, talking about Tim's diagnosis and hope for the future. Big news came last night across the uh, Twitter sphere that uh, popular Bible teacher Beth Moore had announced a parting from her uh, denomination that, you know, she's been in throughout all of her life, the Southern Baptist convention. Um, she has parted ways. Uh, she said she's no longer comfortable with the things about the Southern Baptist church that have not remained in the past. Oh, wait a minute. What does that mean? She has parted ways. Well, I mean, she just left the denomination. Uh, Beth Moore, um, has been teaching for, I don't know, probably three decades now and her increasing popularity has kind of taken her outside, you know, her, the original aerobics class where she started teaching. Right. So she's now the head of a, of a a $15 million uh, uh, Bible study organization. And um, wait, so I'm sorry. So then does Beth Moore, do you, do you know this question? I mean, does she worship at a Southern Baptist mm -hmm. convention church? So then she's saying I'm leaving my church. Yes. That's gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, I don't, I mean, Beth is a good, good friend of mine. 
Um, now, for those of you listening to the show, you know that I'm not a good friend of Beth's. There's a little bit of a difference there. Um, so way. Beth, Beth Moore and I have never met. We've talked, uh, she was on our show once, and um, I was able to express the fact that she's been my good friend for a long time. But sadly, uh, it's not reciprocated because we are not really, you know, we don't know each other. But um, I will say that uh, Beth has been in several Southern Baptist churches over really? the years that I have followed her. Um, and so um, it's not like she's been in one church her whole life, but she has been in churches that were affiliated with the Southern Baptist church until now. So then as she says, I'm leaving the Southern Baptist convention, mm-hmm. uh, your ways are not of my ways now. What does that mean? What does that look like for those who really loves Beth's teaching? She's been really transparent about her life and her struggles. I think that's yeah. one of the things that it's really appealing mm-hmm. about Beth Moore is that she's afraid, you know, she's not, she's unafraid to show who she is as a person. Like yeah. all of us, you know, she struggles with certain things in her faith and sometimes she's up and sometimes she's a, a train wreck, but she's mm-hmm. always transparent about it. Yeah, I, you know, you're asking me that question, John, and I have to say I'm biased in the response because I just have so much affection for her and have a lot of respect for her. Yeah. Um, and so I'm probably not going to give you a journalistic answer, but more of a personal response. And I would say that, you know, she's been pretty transparent on Twitter about her views on how the Southern Baptist Church has reacted to several issues in particular over the last five or so years. Um, One issue is the issue related to race in the church, um, dealing with um, how black and white believers come together in a church setting, the types of um, injuries, uh, emotional and otherwise, that have been sustained by people of color in the church. She felt like the Southern Baptist Church was not willing to have those, have difficult um, interpersonal conversations about how can we make this right? How can we get away from our association with uh with with slavery, with the Jim Crow laws, with all of the, you know, the legacy of the American South. Um, so that was a point of a departure for her. Uh, another point of departure for her is she was never a supporter of uh, President Donald Trump. Um, and though she's not a political person, she felt like her denomination had become or was or um, perhaps it was the first time it was blatantly involved in politics in a way that she thought uh, crossed the line when it came to advocacy. So she felt like um, the the moral case against Donald Trump as a candidate um, when he had just won the Republican primary was enough to say, you know, this is not the kind of person that we want to be president of the United States. Um, she she took uh, the Southern Baptist Church's treatment of Bill Clinton as her model. She said, you know, she agreed with that. She felt like the church had, you know, responded appropriately to Bill Clinton. And so seeing what Donald Trump um, was doing, she felt like they would have a similar appropriate response. And yet they didn't. They came down and supported Trump. And she just could not reconcile that with the biblical position that she felt like the Southern Baptist Church had taken against a Democratic president. Okay, so then it hinges on at least, you know, in the, in the short answer, race and national politics. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I yeah, but I think, go... it's, I think it's a little deeper than that. I sure, think it of course has it to is. Do... I'm just saying short yeah, answer. I, yeah, yeah, the short, you're right. That's the short answer. I think the deeper answer is just what is the church? Where is the church's first love? Mm-hmm. Is the church's first love fidelity to Jesus above everything else, above every person, over every institution, over every separation that our culture would bring us? Are we committed enough to Jesus to prioritize his church and his way 
above everything. And she feels like she is in a different place in that regard than the Southern Baptist churches. So I get that. But then it begs the question, who pastors the pastors? I mean, whether it's, you know, someone like Tim Keller and by association, Beth Moore. I mean, these are very big names in the evangelical church. So well, someone... I, I will I will say that at least from her public communication, she has always put herself under the authority of her local pastor. But she's going to leave her local pastor. So she's going to have to find another one. Man, that is so complex, isn't it? It is. When you're a person of that that has a public platform like that, it becomes very complicated. You you've church shopped yourself. We've talked about church shopping at all in the air. I mean, it's difficult for every person um, and every family as they go through it. Really, she's just a right. She's just a normal person. Um, she with just a has platform. with a national platform. Hey, thanks for being with us. We're up and running on Facebook, the Ride Home with John and Kathy, or wordfm.com. Portions of the show, the podcast is we'll find there. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.